You are Locked On Bucks, your daily podcast on the Milwaukee Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm Eric Name. Joining me as always is my good friend Frank Madden. And bringing you today's episode is MyBookie. Head over to MyBookie.ag. Use promo code LONBA. And that will give you an instant 50% bonus on your first deposit. That is MyBookie.ag. Play, win, and get paid. Whew. Uh, the Bucks lost tonight 108 89 to the minnesota timberwolves it was not close um not close at all 21 point game at halftime and it didn't really get much closer um obviously it got a little bit closer in the final score but not really when it anything mattered and the bucks looked like garbage i would say yeah, they didn't make shots. Uh, they had no point guards. Um, and that's probably the biggest uh, sort of ongoing concern from tonight um, was seeing Malcolm Brogdon limp, or uh, not even limp off, uh, be basically supported as he left the court uh, after he kind of looked like he blew a tire going up for a dunk. Uh, again, it was in the second quarter. And diagnosed with a left quad tendon strain, which... Um, I was, you know, it was really tough to see exactly what happened, but he took off. Nobody was, you know, he didn't get touched. Came down and almost like took him like a half second. Uh, he did score, but he, he didn't really, he kind of didn't have enough lift, kind of laid it in. And um, obviously if Malcolm Brogdon is out for, for any period, uh, that's another big blow for a Bucks team that was without Eric Bledsoe, who missed tonight's game with an ankle injury. And, um, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, there's some talk of Giannis kind of limping as he, as he left the game late. In Our the good middle friend uh, Dean Maniat just DM'd me and said that uh, he rewatched the ending because you had mentioned something about seeing that, and um, he said it looked like he tweaked his ankle really badly, um, and that would have been obviously during garbage time, which is not a good time for him to be in the game. But, yes, it, it does – it does look like Giannis did tweak his ankle there um, in garbage time. So that would be doubly not good. Yeah. And again, I mean, Giannis, I think really before the knee soreness games, um, I think his first couple of years in the league, I think the only games Giannis ever really missed were because he tweaked his ankle a couple of times. But um, he's obviously been overall a guy who's been very healthy. So you hope that that's just a, a minor thing because the Bucks have to turn around and, and play the Knicks in a pretty big game Friday night at home. Uh, a game, obviously, that you very much want to and need to win. Jabari Parker coming back, um, probably not a moment too soon. Uh, and obviously, you hope that Giannis is, is okay because um, certainly if he misses time because of an ankle injury sustained in garbage time, I mean, I had turned off the game at that point and was hoping that Prunty would not 
go by the way of Jason Kidd and, you know, unnecessarily play guys, especially on the first night of a back to back. But um, obviously Giannis still ends up playing 36 minutes. So I guess he, he didn't go 42 or something tonight, but 36 minutes. Um, Jimmy Butler did a great job. Taj Gibson to some extent. Well, Taj Gibson just sort of hacked him a lot. Jimmy Butler did <laughs> defended him well. Um, and Jimmy Butler outplayed Giannis tonight. And, uh, you know, we, we talked about kind of hoping that that Andrew Wiggins would get a lot more shots than Carl Anthony Towns. And uh, Carl Towns didn't take a ton of shots, only 13, but made 10 out of them. Um, and the Bucks just, you know, really didn't have any answers on either end. Defensively, they weren't good. Uh, offensively, they didn't miss, make shots. I mean, Tony Snell was, I mean, Tony Snell, I don't know how many kind of just flubs he had especially in that first half um but him not being good and chris middleton seven out of 20 you know four assists four steals but 21 points on 20 shots chris the leading scorer but he wasn't effective Giannis wasn't effective gets held under 20 for what the third time this year 17 points on 14 shots did have 15 boards six assists but five turnovers no blocks no steals didn't make any plays defensively and um you know this is uh, something we talked about, the, the Timberwolves didn't make a ton of threes or anything. They were 7 out of 19, but the Bucks 6 out of 29. They were just very bad shooting all night and 37% overall from the field. Um, you know, obviously missing some guys with Brogdon playing just 10 minutes, Bledsoe out. Uh, obviously, you're, you're down guys, but, you know, still, you're this bad offensively. I mean, you know, you, you shouldn't be that bad offensively. Yeah, and, and I think... I don't necessarily want to bury the lead. I, I feel like there's a good chance Malcolm Brogdon's out for a while. Yeah. Like yeah. A, a quad tendon and a quad tendon strain is the way that they're calling it in, in his left leg. But, I mean, that could very well be – I mean, I, I don't like speculating about stuff like this, but that could end up being a torn ACL. Like, the – that would be in the same area. Like we don't really know anything other than the just simplest early diagnosis that the team gave to let everyone know that he wouldn't continue the game. Like this could be a very serious injury for Malcolm Brogdon. And I just think as you watch that in, it's no contact and you see him think, okay, no contact injury. I can kind of get through this. And then two steps later, he just goes down to his back and just sits there, gets surrounded by teammates, gets carried off. Like, I don't feel good about any of that. Um, just watching it, I think you kind of had to have a, a sick to your stomach feeling. And it, it's tough to I don't want to say imagine a bigger blow but he's just been so huge for this team this year in playing those remaining minutes at point guard whether it was with Delhi early in the season or Bledsoe now and then moving over to the two and just kind of being around everything and ready to play any position and up for anything and just being one of those guys that fills in all the cracks that Sometimes if you need some playmaking, he can do that. If you need him to hit some threes, he can do that. If you need him to play some defense, he can do that. Like He's just been so big for this team this entire season, and losing him would be, would be huge. And if it is something serious, something where uh, you don't see him for a while, whew, it, that's, that's a really tough blow. And um, it, 
It's just not something you ever feel good about um, watching. So uh, that's no good. Obviously, Giannis in garbage time, just not good. And um, Dean giving me some more details here um, as he's able to rewatch it. Uh, he said, Giannis was starting to drive and his left angle his left ankle was at a very weird angle so looks like maybe that's a bit of a twisted ankle for Giannis um hopefully he has some of the LeBron uh I don't even know like Terminator in him where he can just walk off a ankle sprain and be great but also that might not be the case and and you might not see him uh tomorrow night and that would be extremely significant uh, who knows what Bledsoe's status is Brogdon's out and then Giannis would be out as like oh man it would just be brutal so um just a, a really frustrating night all around kind of with injuries but then Bucks just played bad like just straight up played bad uh, six of 29 from three weren't really able to get stops defensively um and I don't even know if they were particularly bad in the first half it was just that the Wolves were able to get a few more buckets, and then the Bucks just couldn't score with them. And, I mean, it, this is one of those nights where it, it can be really frustrating that Giannis doesn't really have a jump shot because yeah. if he just has to keep going into a brick wall, and, and I know as soon as I tweeted something out about Giannis being frustrated earlier tonight, people were like, whoa, it was the refs. Yeah, it was. Like, it, he wasn't getting calls, but – that's why it matters to have a diverse like a game that is very diverse that you can do other things like when we're talking about the jump shot not being a problem it's not a big problem on the nights where they are calling the game very tight and he's able to attack the rim and get 15 free throws doesn't matter on those nights that he doesn't have a jump shot but when it is physical when they aren't calling what they need to be calling and maybe if they aren't being incredibly consistent in what they call like on those nights that's when you need something else and he just didn't really have it and it was another time where in those moments with Giannis instead of I guess I don't even know because I don't think this would be a good outcome either like just attacking relentlessly and saying screw it like I'm just going to go in there and get eight offensive fouls and like make a big scene of this he'll go the other direction and just say okay well I'm going to I'm going to pass and I'm going to get everyone involved and well, if guys aren't shooting well, you go 6 of 29 from 3, and, and maybe you pass it to them a little bit more than they're expecting. They don't hit those shots, and then all of a sudden you end up with five turnovers. And, uh, I mean, if you're going to see a bad night for the Bucks, it's probably a good chance that Giannis was bad. Like, the other against the Bulls, the Bucks looked bad in the first half against the Bulls because Giannis looked bad. Like, when your best player is not having a good game, this is what happens. Yeah, I mean, the especially with some of the injuries, I mean, the, the luxury of being able to overcome Giannis not being at his best, um, you know, that, that that margin of error quickly kind of disappears, and especially if, if Chris doesn't play well. I mean, you basically had two kind of, you know, I don't want to say all-star-ish caliber talents because uh, I don't want to lump Chris in with Giannis. Obviously, they're, they're very, on very different planes as players, but um, when either your one nor your two guy can score efficiently, um, you're not going to score efficiently because especially when you're you're you know Bledsoe and Brogdon are both hurt. Yep. Uh, and you know last game Delhi was able to paper over some of that by you know making some plays, especially in the fourth quarter, scoring ten points. Tonight, twenty five minutes, didn't score a point. You know five assists, only took two shots. But you know again, um, he does a lot of other things. But 
this was a night where they needed guys to step up and make shots and make plays. And especially with the Wolves, you know, the Wolves start two big guys with Taj and Carl Anthony Towns, and then they put Butler on Giannis. So, you know, when they don't respect your outside shot, there's not much you can do in the paint, you know, even as good mm-hmm. as Giannis is. Um, when Butler is your primary defender and you've got Taj and you've got Carlton Towns, and you know, say what you will about Towns and, you know, his defensive shortcomings, I mean, those are still big bodies. And if they're, you know, guarding John Henson or, you know, not respecting other guys' three point shots, you know, guys were digging down off uh, perimeter guys to, to, you know, give Giannis doubles and things like that, then it's going to be hard to score. And especially if you're taking the ball out of the bottom of the basket every time, you know, Minnesota shoots 54%. I think they're at 115 points per 100, which is obviously a very bad mark defensively. Um, it's going to be hard to run, get Giannis easy bucks, buckets that way. Um, and, you know, Bucks only 10 fast break points tonight, according to the ESPN. Uh, well, it's our, our Chrome plugin. I forgot. I forgot. Uh, I forgot the name of the guy who made the Chrome plugin. I know at, Nick Monroe. It's Lenny Moe. Adelaide Mo, yes. Um, so just the way, you know, basing off this, the play-by-play data, um, you know, not a ton of easy buckets there, and the Bucks get outscored in the paint, 50-42. to 42. Uh, You know, I, I guess not really surprised that you'd lose this game, and, and obviously, yeah, but I think the bigger question, obviously, is some of these injuries. Certainly Giannis, you wouldn't expect it to, you know, I, I would be surprised if he doesn't play on Friday, but if he's slowed down because of it, that's a big deal. They got another game on Sunday, and obviously the bigger injury is, is Brogdon. Um, and, you know, I think... When Jabari got hurt, I think, you know, they were both initially, you know, quote unquote sprained knees, which, of course, you know, always have to remind people, you know, people always hear sprain and they think, oh, it's fine. And it's like, no, a sprain is a tear. It's just the grade of tear. Yeah. A third degree sprain, I think, is, is technically a torn ACL. So um, hopefully the fact that Malcolm was diagnosed with a quad injury right off the bat is, you know, hopefully a, an indicator that this is not a an, actually a knee injury. Um, but, you know, I went back and looked at it. I mean, Tony Parker, you remember him having that severe quad injury? He ruptured his quad tendon in the playoffs last year. I, I'm guessing that was probably April. He didn't come back um, till end of the season. So, you know, the, the span of, of potential outcomes here, you know, the worst case scenario on even a quad injury can be really bad. I mean, the Spurs, unfortunately, know a lot about really bad quad injuries with, um, you know, and again, not that, this, not that we have any idea if this is like, what what Parker or Kawhi Leonard suffered obviously we don't know at this point hopefully it's something that's you know day-to-day minor um but uh you know I think I think someone from the the Minnesota somebody tweeted that the Minnesota broadcast thought that that Brogdon actually said I felt something pop um and obviously if he popped a tendon if tore muscle I I don't know I mean we're just sort of left here to speculate but um obviously losing Malcolm for an extended period would uh would be a blow um and you know certainly this game we saw our first, our first real, real sighting of, of Xavier Munford in any type of meaningful action. He came in in the second quarter after uh, Brogdon was hurt, hit one shot, but generally kind of, I don't know, didn't really look like he kind of knew what he was supposed to do at that point. Um, but you know, obviously this this piles pressure on on some of these bench guys, assuming that Malcolm is for out, out for some period, and certainly if if Bledsoe isn't back in the next, you know for these weekend games um the bucks are going to face a severe test with uh, just all you know the depth um being a major question mark and um I, I don't know i i i i'm trying to think of anything good that happened other than sterling brown dunking on jimmy butler which even that really was tempered by the fact that he immediately got a technical for it um but that might have been the only fun thing that happened tonight yeah there wasn't really a whole lot of 
fun stuff in that game. But something that might be fun is the big game this weekend. The big game is here, and it's time to cash in big and bet the game at mybookie.ag. If you haven't checked them out yet, this is the perfect weekend to get into the action. Have a hunch on who's going to win the coin toss or what color Gatorade the winning coach will be wearing? Log on now, check out the props, and get in on the action. Don't just watch the game. Lay down some money and be a part of it. Join thousands of online players and start betting at mybookie.ag. MyBookie is the industry-leading online sportsbook, and its players enjoy the fastest payouts in the business when they win. Make your way to MyBookie. You win, they pay, without any hassles. You're wasting your time betting anywhere else. They even have in-game live betting so you can place a bet after kickoff. Join now and score free cash to place your Super Bowl wager on the house. Right now, MyBookie is giving away up to $1,000 to every new player. Sign up today to score an instant 50% bonus on your first deposit. That's right. If you join with $100, you'll get $150 bankroll to play with. Use promo code LOCKDOWNMBA to activate offer. Again, that promo code is LOCKDOWNMBA to activate the offer. Play, win, and get paid at MyBookie.ag. And Frank, uh, before getting back into some stuff, uh, just seeing this update from Minneapolis, uh, Matt Velasquez in Minneapolis uh, reporting Malcolm Brogdon left the Bucks locker room on crutches with a stabilizing cast on his left leg, was on the phone and respectfully declined to talk with media, which is understandable considering the circumstances. So um, not sure if that's much of an update other than kind of what you'd expect that when a guy does get carried off that he's probably going to leave the locker room on crutches with the stabilizing cast but um yeah not not good stuff there at all and you mentioned looking for positives and you got to try pretty hard in this one um you i think sterling brown isn't a bad one um he scores seven on the night three rebounds a steal uh, three of six from the field, but only one of four from three. But he, he got a technical, which uh, was, I think, very Sterling Brown. Obviously, I had written something at ESPN Milwaukee a couple weeks back about how, how much he liked to talk. And I, I don't know if I could actually see him say any words after that dunk with Butler, but there was certainly a look back at, at Butler after he did it. And the refs didn't take too kindly to it and gave him a technical there. And, man, it was kind of a tough sliding the rest of the night for him because he had Jimmy Butler a lot. And that's never a fun thing for a rookie to have Jimmy Butler because Jimmy Butler can can make you look bad. And uh, Butler, 28 points, 6 assists, 4 rebounds on the night, uh, 8 of 15 from the field. And I guess other – positives Sean Kilpatrick 10 points in 18 minutes uh, obviously he gets I think a bucket or two in garbage time um, but still he's able to get a little bit of run and able to get something in there that's all I got like there's just not a lot to look at this game and think oh those those were good things and uh, it's kind of a, a rough one maybe DJ Wilson scoring five points in four minutes like he hit a three which which was nice, but yeah, uh, I got nothing, Frank. Yeah, I mean the, I, I guess the good news and bad news: the Bucks have to go and play again 24 hours after this one. Um, the good news is this chance to get right back on the horse and try to redeem themselves. The bad news is anytime you're having to bounce back after sustaining injuries, um, th- that obviously is not good. <laughs> so 
uh, we'll we'll have to see. Uh, clearly, getting Bledsoe back is going to be of paramount importance, especially with Brogdon potentially out for some extended period. And obviously, you just hope that uh, that you know tweak that that Giannis had. I mean, given it, we needed to kind of do some research to see when he even heard it. Probably suggests it. You know, it's not a serious one, but um, you know, anything that can slow Giannis down is uh, is potentially a big deal for the Bucks. And um, again, 36 minutes tonight. Probably shouldn't have been playing at all in the fourth quarter. So Joe Prenti kind of taking a page out of the uh, Jason Kidd handbook for overplaying Giannis. Although at least tonight uh, he did keep it to 36, even in in this case. So um, yeah, I mean the the Joe Prenti undefeated era was going to come to an end sooner rather than later, I suppose. Um, and you know now it's just a matter of seeing how they bounce back. And uh, obviously a couple games coming up here in the next three days. So um, you know uh, failed their first measuring stick game that we pointed out last night. Uh, but there are going to be plenty more as uh, as they move forward, and certainly with the way the East is shaping up, um, you know the the standings in the East remain as uh, as tight as as could be, um, and the Bucks, you know, dropping to seventh with the loss tonight, uh, two games up on the Sixers who are in eighth, Pacers uh, a game up, basically two games up, or two wins up, even in the loss column, at six, and the Wizards without John Wall. Uh, claimed a big win tonight over the over the Raptors, so um, so they're tied with the Heat now at the four or five spot. So yeah, much much slash everything to play for, and um, you know again, I think with all this stuff, it's just you know it's a grind, and and certainly uh, with these injuries, it's gonna make it make it certainly more difficult. Interesting to see the Pistons also getting a win tonight and Blake Griffin's debut, although beating the Grizz by two at home is necessarily not not necessarily uh, uh, a reason to fear the Pistons as a you know big climber in the East standings but you never know and obviously still you know 32 games to play for tonight the 50 game mark for the Bucs so um, I guess onward and upward anything anything about the Knicks game tomorrow other than obviously um, you know the concerns around the injuries um the Knicks at 23 and 29. They're seven and 20 on the road. Um, they lost their last game. Uh, I, I don't know any any specific thoughts on that. Obviously, the matchup Giannis versus uh, Chris S. Porzingis is always uh, probably the most interesting uh, storyline. Given Porzingis still at least nominally starts at power forward, Giannis obviously as well. Um, any other kind of thoughts as we look ahead to this game tomorrow? Yeah, I mean, I, I do think it is largely about the injuries. And when you think about Joe Prunty's first loss, I think there's some extenuating circumstances there as you lose Brogdon ten minute, after 10 minutes for him and you lose Bledsoe before the game and you didn't have Jason Terry. Like, there, there's a lot there. So um, I think you could kind of have – guessed a little bit that that the Bucks might struggle and you know we'll have to see kind of where they go from here um, against the Knicks to me really it's about Porzingis and I think it's flashbacks to that fourth quarter on ESPN the other year right like Porzingis locked Giannis up like that that was pretty much what it was he got a couple blocks and Giannis just wasn't able to get anything happen and that get anything to happen and then I think on the other side is the game winner in at Madison Square Garden, right? Like, I think you have a very low, low, and a very high, high when you think about kind of what can happen against the New York Knicks. So, uh, to me, that's really what it's all about. Uh, obviously, that the Knicks have other players, and um, I think it'll be interesting to see what the Bucks do with Dennis Cantor, um, just because he's a guy that uh, he's just a guy that can kind of. I mean, make it difficult on bigs. And, you know, at times John Henson and 
and Thonmaker have struggled. So I'll be interested to see. Thon, Thonmaker has basically exclusively struggled. But yes, Henson, obviously, uh, you'd feel much better about your chances. I, I don't know. Maybe tomorrow is a game where we see Marshall Plumley if uh, if Thon just gets thrown around by, by Ennis Cantor. Yeah, and I, I think Cantor is kind of the type of guy that can make Henson struggle, if that makes any sense. Like, yeah. It, 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 Again, definitely Maker struggled more than him, but uh, he is the type of guy that can make it difficult. Um, Michael Beasley revenge game? <laughs> like, uh, may- maybe, maybe that happens. I don't know. Um, he's had some moments. Maybe, maybe that would be one for him. So, um, other than that, though, I don't know if anything kind of really sticks out to me about that Knicks team. Uh, uh, their team that is just kind of there to me <laughs> like you look at their offensive rating is 14th defensive rating 19th they just kind of exist to me this year i, I don't yeah. i don't think they're a team that i see getting into the eastern conference playoffs uh, i don't think that they're a team that i see at the very bottom of the league they're just kind of there yeah interesting with porzingis i mean he averaged 21 points a game in october six games kind of really got shot out of a cannon early in the season um but has kind of been scoring at, at lower and lower uh, volumes throughout the season. He averaged 20 points a game on 42% shooting from the field, but 46% from three in the month of January. Um, average 22 the month before that. So ha- has definitely, I think, worn down a little bit. And it's interesting. I don't know. I, I don't know if this gets talked about that much, but I've seen a couple of stories about, um, you know, he's had a, an like an anemia issue. I mean, basically, I mean, his whole life, but um, it's been something that has been a major you know, kind of point of emphasis from a training and, and, you know, kind of just fitness standpoint for him, because it seems like, you know, certainly, um, as the season grinds on, as he plays big minutes, obviously this year, his shot load is, is significantly higher. His usage rate has been sky high. Um, you know, it it can wear down on a guy who's obviously enormous seven, three, um, but still not super strong and still very young. So be interesting, you know, he's a guy that when he's got it going, um, you know, he just gets the ball in the post, gets the ball in the elbow. He can get, you know, little turnaround jump shots pretty much whenever he wants them um, at his size. And if he has that going, he becomes extremely difficult to guard. If he has that three-point shot, from which he can shoot from, you know, 30 feet, uh, he's extremely difficult to guard. He's shooting 41%. Um, excuse me. Um, well, what's his three-point percentage at this year? Uh, yeah, 40% uh, from three this year. Um, so, you know, again, you just kind of hope that that you can bottle him up. Uh, Beasley's averaging 13 points a game this year has been kind of up and down. You know, he sometimes he has these games where he looks like, you know, the guy that you were thinking was going to get, uh, you know, that you thought the heat drafted second overall, yeah. that incredibly at Kansas state. Other times, you know, he's kind of, I mean, we've seen, we've seen Michael, you know, so you kind of <laughs> hope that that maybe he switches off a little bit, uh, in this game tomorrow night. And, um, so it'll be interesting to see, but I guess we're kind of also bearing the lead a little bit on, on this game. I mean, we mentioned, we talked a little bit about Jabari Parker, um, I think Jabari mentioned probably playing, you know, maybe 15 minutes uh, in this first game back. Um, obviously, an important 15 minutes given the the depth challenges the Bucks have had. Chris Middleton and Giannis bearing pretty much the entire load um, at the forward spots this year. Um, it's a big deal to get Jabari back to get you know somebody else with skill and ability to score off the bench. Um, something that the Bucks have obviously struggled with at times. Uh, or most of the season, I should say, really up until the last week, there's been a, some a bit more signs of life. Like Jason Terry actually made a few shots, which was a nice benefit, and Sterling Brown obviously playing better. But um, I, I don't know. I mean, I I'll give you my my. I think the most important thing I I think I saw from Jabari this week, and and again, this is 
I'm not really expecting very much uh, on Friday. This is really just about getting him out there, getting his legs under him a little bit. Um, if he makes a couple plays, you kind of hope that you know he shows flashes of the Jabari we know and love. Um, but as far as you know, expecting him to come and make a big impact, it's probably not fair. Uh, but that said, I thought probably the most important thing um, about you know the you know the, the his return um, was something that Matt Velasquez wrote about uh, the other day um, and in the journal. So I thought this was a a good get for Matt and B I thought it was smart of the Bucks from a PR kind of communication standpoint that they had Troy Flanagan, who's again the direct Bucks director of sports performance, um, talk a bit about where Jabari is, his comeback. Um, obviously, you know, typically teams are are kind of hesitant to, to you know give out tons and tons of information about um, a guy's injury and and all that stuff. Um, but I thought it was pretty important that, you know, we heard uh, Troy Flanagan talking about the fact that you know, basically a lot of the, the kind of data on where his body is right now relative to the last game back um, is better than where it was uh, coming back from the last injury. That it, Matt's piece, you don't get the sense that Jabari ultimately is going to be limited physically, uh, um, which is obviously always the big, biggest concern. Uh, it was just a very reassuring story to hear you know somebody who's actually their business their life is training athletes and making sure they're playing at peak performance um you know talking about jabari and, and the data behind his comeback and um the fact that they obviously have a ton of confidence in in where he will get maybe not on friday but um but that he is in a very good place and obviously you just cross your fingers i'm sure whenever jabari goes down uh takes contact we're all going to be a bit nervous um but uh, again, this is um, you know going to be part of the process for for Jabari and, and for I guess this as a fan base. So um, exciting to get Jabari back. We'll see how quickly he is back back. Um, but I, I don't know. I mean, I think as a Bucks fan, especially with some of these injuries we saw tonight and with Bledsoe previously, um, some much needed uh, reinforcements coming back here with Jabari. That first dunk is gonna be so fucking cool. Like, <laughs> it, it just is. Like there, there's. There's really nothing else like I'm, I'm kind of thinking about is you mentioned some of the stuff that Troy said and I, I talked to Rashad a little bit the other day and it was some of those guys in I think what the Bucks called like church league where it's just like three on three, two on two, four on four, like half court kind of settings. Those were the guys that got to see Jabari like first and I meant I asked you, I asked uh, Rashad like was there a moment where you kind of thought that like Jabari was back and he was like, well, honestly, from the moment they let him start playing, he was back. Like we had to obviously bring him along slowly in that you can't have him going five on five right away. He's, but he said from the first time we played two on two or three on three or whatever it was like, he was himself and bouncy and just all over the place. And I know there was times in, when the media would be allowed into practice. And again, like we don't get to see practice. We get to see kind of the like shooting drills after practice. And that's the time that we're allowed in. But during that time, sometimes there'd be three on three games. And I know there would just be times where Matt and I would, would be talking to each other. And then all of a sudden out of nowhere, you would just hear a boom and you'd look and Jabari would be landing and he had just thrown down a dunk on somebody's head. And it was just like, okay, Jabari is here and I mean that was like a month ago Um, but at the same time it was just three and three against those guys so I think the thing that excited me it 
in Troy's comments was the leaner comment. Yeah. Like the fact that he is leaner. And when you look at him, I, I, I don't want to say you're getting rid of that barrel chest that is there, but you're kind of chipping away at all of that, that baby fat that was in those other places where you're just kind of getting into that more toned, um, just more more muscular uh, kind of look for Jabari. And uh, I think as you think about Jabari and kind of what makes him special, it's it's like John Henson said, like guys his size aren't that athletic. And now that he's had two ACL injuries, you think, okay, maybe a guy that size shouldn't be that athletic. Like maybe that's not a good thing that you can have all of that weight and move so well and maybe that's too difficult on your knees so um I, leaner was an exciting comment for me to see and I, I just look forward to getting to watch jabari parker dunk basketballs and um i mean i think i'm even looking forward to some like bad iso step back jumpers like i'm i think i'm in for some of those i know those are shots that i've always kind of enjoyed um just because i think it shows a greater skill that he may have at a different time but yeah it signed me up for a couple bad ones and uh, like that'd be fine with me on friday night like just to just to kind of make it feel like jabari has that confidence and he won't be back playing 15 minutes off the bench on friday night but just just a just a glimpse just a, a single dunk just a step back, just just a couple of those plays that just make you feel good inside. Like a, that, that is really what I I would enjoy seeing, and um, hopefully that is what we get on Friday night. Yeah, let me. I'll just read off the quote. So this is from Matt Velasquez during the Journal Sentinel. So be sure to check it out. And this is Troy Fling, and again, I won't try to read this in an Australian accent. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, that that's you know, Troy. Uh, like I guess what? So Suki is British, but was in Australia a long time. Correct. Suki Hobson, and then um, I know they have. There are at least a, what a couple other folks from Australia yeah. besides Troy. I think that are on the uh, that are on the Bucks training staff now. So um, here's Troy Flanagan though commenting. Just so you guys have this, and don't have to go dig it up. Um, so here's this quote, and it's talking about Jabari, obviously. He progressed really quickly in the early phases of his rehab, which is really nice. In the first ACL rehab, he had a fair bit of patellar tendonitis, which slowed the whole thing down a little bit, even though he did come back reasonably early. We saw a great progression early in this rehab that allowed us to really capitalize on his fitness. He's faster than he's ever been, he's stronger than he's ever been, and he's leaner than he's ever been. I'm really happy with how he's come back and his fitness levels. He'll still need a bit more game fitness, but we spent the past six weeks trying to give him as much game play as we possibly could. He'll progress up in minutes fairly quickly, and then also, you know, obviously one other big thing, you know, well, what's the long-term prognosis here? You know, are we going to see, God forbid, another injury at some point? You know, what are the probability of that? And um, this is what Troy Flanagan said. He said, if you go look at professional football, European football, soccer, you'll see a lot of players have had multiple ACLs and they have long careers. We're not particularly concerned about it. He's relatively low risk in this phase, particularly looking at some of his numbers. In all of the fitness we look at, he's not only better than he was in the past, but he has some of the best numbers on the team. So he's ready, 100% to go. Again, 100%, I guess, is always relative, right? I think they're talking, obviously, from a physical yep. standpoint. You know, game game speed, game rhythm, obviously, that's that's often very different. Um, but, uh, but, you know, again, all you can do at this point is uh, – is put him on the court and, and let him learn. And I think, you know, interestingly, I, I think back to, it wasn't in his first game, but I want to say one of his first games back a couple of years ago after his first ACL, um, he had a move uh, in at MSG where he like kind of spun baseline and, and came up and did like an up and under dunk on the other side. Mm-hmm. And that was, 
I think that was probably the first like, you know, oh shit, Jabari's <laughs> back type moment yeah. um, in in that rehab. So again, you know, uh, hey, if if he doesn't dunk all the time, but you know, becomes more of a three point shooter and does other things and you know whatever, uh, th- that also works. But obviously, you'd love to see him flashing that athleticism because certainly that's what really differentiates him um as as a player and that combination of skill and and strength and it's kind of interesting i mean i feel like as as bucks fans we've always like tried to like see evidence of jabari getting leaner and um you know he is kind of a unique body type because mm-hmm. you know his i think his mother's tongan you know he's got i think there's been the joke about you know just sort of the body type you know just in his in his background like you know you you think about it like it's just, there's just this sort of bouncy it's it's it you know he looks up has that more of that like bowling ball athleticism um and that's just part of it like his body type like i don't know if jabari's ever going to be just like you know ripped and swelling and Correct. whatever um but that doesn't mean that he's not you know he's not necessarily going to be in, in good shape and athletic and explosive um so it'll be interesting to see i mean i'd be curious to know what his weight is right now because certainly um you know, it wouldn't be bad to to have him maybe a little bit leaner than he was at various points in the past. I think he was, you know, listed up as up to, you know, 250 at one point. Um, but uh, interesting, I remember talking to John Hammond, I think Jabari's first summer league. So Giannis' second, uh, second year, his first summer league, though, with the Bucks. And I remember asking about, like, you know, the, the, the each guy's, like, physical profiles. And he said, you know, if we could get Jabari down to 235 and Giannis up to about 235, they'd probably be pretty happy if those guys were kind of in similar kind of weight ranges and, Giannis is now pretty much at that exact weight range uh, coming into this season. And, you know, who knows if Jabari's gotten down to sub 240. But um, obviously, uh, you know, the fitter, leaner he is, probably a good thing, right? I mean, any <laughs> you, you always were. I mean, easy to forget, too. I mean, Jabari's also had a broken foot in high school. Anything that can, you know, lessen the load on those joints, um, probably not a bad thing. So carrying a little bit less weight, probably, probably a positive as well. So anyway, that's all I've got. I'm I'm excited for Friday. I want to get the bad taste of this Thursday night loss out of my mouth. I want to see people healthy. I'm crossing my fingers for Malcolm Brogdon. Um, and unfortunately, ho- hopefully this isn't another, you know, one guy comes back, another guy goes on the shelf with a long layoff with Malcolm Brogdon. So, um, you know, fingers crossed for Malcolm. The bad news is it may also be bad news for Giannis. Matt Velasquez tweeting from the Bucks locker room. Giannis Dedekumbo said he twisted his left ankle pretty bad in – pretty badly in the fourth quarter he's having trouble putting weight on it and said he's walking with a limp he'll have to see how he's feeling tomorrow hits keep coming for the bucks so not great not great bob also maybe don't play him in blowouts you know just tossing it out there you don't have to do that but I, i just think everyone you know would kind of suggest that's not the best idea um and I know most nights when that occurred, my mentions would be on fire with Jason Kidd. Um, and they, they were not that way tonight, which I guess makes sense. Like, obviously, a lot of built-up frustration and anger with Jason Kidd. But the Bucks finally got stung. Like, playing those guys in those moments leads to the possibility of something like this happening. And, well, it happened. He, the Bucks left Giannis in too long, and he ends up with a twisted left ankle. So we'll see what his status is tomorrow. All right, that is going to be it for us. We will catch up with you again maybe on Sunday afternoon um, as the Bucks have one against the Nets at what 12 p.m. Eastern, so 11 <laughs> Central uh, on Sunday, which is just asinine. Um <laughs> 
So, be, I, <laughs> what do you mean? It's easier to get in a pod. I guess, but damn, be ready to eat your brunch with some Bucks basketball. Um, I guess. I'll, I guess there no. Uh, there must be no night games because of the Super Bowl. I guess. I would assume, but man, that is okay. That's fine. Um, so we will talk to you on Sunday for Frank. I'm Eric. Today's episode has been brought to you by mybookie.ag. They are the place to go to place bets on the big game. Sign up today to score an instant 50% bonus on your first deposit. Use promo code LONBA to activate that offer. Again, that's LONBA to activate the offer. Play, win, and get paid over at mybookie. That's mybookie.ag. All right, that's going to be it for us. We'll talk to you on Sunday. I'm Eric. That's Frank. This has been Lockdown Bucks. Talk to you later.